Lord. Um, one of the things the Lord said to me today is, uh, I was thinking uh, and I, that still seems really like it's. Got, I got too much microphone. Uh, anyway, one thing that the Lord said to me today is, uh, you can't separate the blood and the glory. You cannot separate the blood and the glory. And uh, he was just quickening me to uh, that there would not be any glory any place that, that the blood was not magnified and lifted up and exalted, the blood of Jesus. Any place that the blood is, you know, where they refuse to talk about it and they've taken it out of their songs, the, the glory of God will not come there, will not be there because you cannot separate the blood and the glory. Um, and I thought it was so significant that Pastor had been teaching. He just taught us, I mean, you know, none of this is planned except by the Holy Ghost. It's not orchestrated by us. We don't think, okay, we need to teach this because of this. No, the Holy Ghost orchestrates it. And that we'd had just all these weeks of blood covenant. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, uh, and then tonight we were singing about the blood, that there's power in the blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So we just thank you, Lord, for the blood that cleanses us and washes us and allows the glory to manifest through us and in us and on us. And we just give you praise and glory for that. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord. We do exalt the blood, make much of the blood. Hallelujah. Uh, is it possible? Can we flow with the Holy Ghost tonight? Because I feel like I'm going to be, I, you know, in myself, I don't really want to do this. Because I don't want y'all to think I'm fruity. Y'all won't think I'm a fruit or a nut or a flake, will you? But I just feel like I'm going to be disobedient if I don't do this. So is it possible to, to uh, cue that CD up to there's power in the blood? Or is that impossible? He looked at me funny. <laughs> like, it, took, it could take a minute. You, you know, uh, I feel like we're supposed to do something in here tonight. And I just, I don't want to be disobedient. So uh, uh, what I think we're supposed to do is I believe we're supposed to walk that blood walk that Pastor taught. Now, some of you that weren't here on Wednesday nights, I know we have a few guests here tonight and everything, but uh, are new people. But anyway, uh, Pastor taught us about in the blood covenant when, when the blood covenant was cut with Abraham. And I'm see if I can tell it. I may have to have him get up here and tell it. But how the animals, how they split them down the middle, the heifer, I believe, and uh, whatever other animals there was, uh, they split them down the middle and the, how there was this just huge sloshing amount of blood everywhere. And uh, how God knew that Abraham was not going to be able to keep this covenant. So he put Abraham to sleep. Amen. He put him to sleep. Hallelujah. And so he, uh, and and so God and Jesus walked the, they walked the the, the walk of the covenant, which they made a figure eight, you know, in and walked the blood. They walked the blood walk. Hallelujah. Well, I think we're supposed to walk the blood walk tonight. So we're going to play. Now, I've had this all day. I've actually already done this several times this morning before anybody got here and uh, in this auditorium. But, but, you know, because the Lord got me started early this morning on glory being to the waste, and so that just got me rolling. And so, uh, uh, so what we're going to do is there's a figure eight right here. Y'all see it? 
There's figure eight right here. Now we're going to walk. We're going to get up while there's power in the blood's playing. And we're going to walk this blood. Well, we're just going to walk it by faith. We're just going to walk it exalting the blood, thanking God for the blood. And you know what well, you say, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. I just know that when you obey God, that things are released in the Spirit. I mean, I've got a friend in uh, uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, that when they were in Kinder, Louisiana, the Lord told her they were going to go to Golden Corral and eat that day, and the Lord told her to fast. And so she told her husband, I'm not going, I'm fasting. He said, well, if you're not going, I'm not going to go either. It was, they were going to a minister's meeting at Golden Corral. And so... Um, and so they, she said, so they were, they fasted and prayed a little bit right there during the lunch hour. And the Lord said, I want you to go out and march around the building. And so they did their own little private Jericho march around the building. See, now you can be thankful I'm not taking you out and <laughs> marching you around the building tonight. But did you know what that night in their Wednesday night service? That night, that was on Wednesday. And that night, a man came in, just a visitor came in and got up and they paid the whole church off that night. So I just think obedience pays and I'm expecting I'm expecting things. So do we have power in the blood? Hallelujah. So when you're walking this blood, well, you don't have to walk it if you don't want to. And we're not going to be looking and seeing who is or not. Don't be looking. You be thinking about the praising God for the blood and thinking about the blood. Hallelujah. And we're not going to run the blood walk. We're going to walk it. Hallelujah. <laughs>
working power in the blood of the land. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Barry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I like to be obedient. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And I trust that all sorts. The Lord told us in prayer tonight in the prayer room, He was releasing some new flavors. Kind of like Baskin Robbins gets some new flavors every once in a while. Hallelujah. You know, in some churches, they hadn't had a new flavor. They've been saying, you know, in so long, but the heat, God's releasing new flavors. Hallelujah. Not how, so let, tonight we're going to talk about uh, something we talked about a week and a half ago on Wednesday night. And so this is part two of the sermon I started on qualifying. So if you would, uh, let's just review a minute. And if, you can be turning to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Hallelujah. We talked uh, about qualifying. And, and one of the, now I'm just going to review you, but um, remember how we talked about that uh, uh, in a NASCAR race, that they always have a qualifying race. That I can't just decide, I can't just go buy me a car and put a number on it. And decide I'm going to enter NASCAR. No, there's 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 procedures that have to be gone through, and then even after I get into the circuit or whatever they call it, you know, even if I get to be one of the drivers, and that would be cute. I saw actually, actually I saw this on TV though. I don't know what it was. I don't even remember. It was just one of those times when I was flipping, and this guy was trying to get out of a NASCAR, and he was stuck in the window. You know how they go in and out through the window. That would be me. I'd be stuck in the window. Hallelujah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> and they were really just jerking him out. Hallelujah. Anyway, so I don't want anything. I don't want to do anything where I have to go in the window. Hallelujah. So, so anyway, uh, uh, but even if I could get into the, you know, NASCAR and become one of the drivers and have my car, then I still, when I got to race day, when that race weekend, I'd have to go to a qualifying race. Everybody, and so before you see them on TV on, on uh, Sunday and they're racing, they've, they've made the qualifying race. And they even qualify, I think, for what uh, they get numbers or something. I mean, y'all help me, but like uh, number one and two and three, hallelujah. Y'all can see I know a lot about this. But anyway, I do know they have to qualify. Well, in the kingdom of God, praise God, there's things to be qualified for. Now, salvation's a free gift. Healing is a free gift. Hallelujah. Uh, those things were benefits that we got at salvation. But at the same time, there's things that we do that put us, put. let me say it a different way, that put us in position to receive them. Because actually, uh, salvation belongs to everybody in the world. Salvation belongs to them. They have a right to it, but you know they're going to have to do some things, aren't they? Not earn it, but they're going to have to do the, the things that are required, believe and, and ask, 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 you know. And, 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 and so not everybody does that. Healing already belongs to everybody. But, do, but many people don't put themselves in position to get healed. So there's qualifying for things. Uh, and so we're not really talking about earning it, but we're talking about being in position. And positioning ourselves for different levels of anointing. 
for promotions in the body of Christ. God is a promoter. We're talking about getting, preparing ourselves. If we sit home and do nothing, we're probably going to have a little benefit to being saved. Just like Pastor preached on this morning, we can have days of heaven here on earth, but how many of you know that you won't just get that getting saved and then just sitting home doing nothing? You won't have the days of heaven on earth. But there's things that we can do that, that cause, us to, cause things to be released from heaven towards us, that cause anointings to be released, that cause, uh, uh, that, that cause giftings to be released. There's, great, there's people that carry greater anointings. Hallelujah. And you know, I, sometimes we just think all of it, you know, if God wants me to be a prophet, He'll make me a prophet. Well, there's a truth, there's a truth to that, that God planned and called us, but whether we enter into the office of prophet probably depends on how faithful we were over in the office of pastor or teacher. One thing Brother Hagin says is every prophet is first of all a pastor or a teacher. So how faithful were you in the pastor and teacher determines how far you'll go over into the prophet's anointing. Amen? And so different things. So, so even though we at the new birth everything was given to us, we still, have to, we still have to make ourselves available for God. And so we're talking about that. Ephesians 1 verse 3 talks about, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, past tense like Pastor pointed out this morning, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I want you to notice that that word places is plural. In one version, it says realms. I believe it's the New Living Translation, in heavenly realms. There's not just one heavenly realm, but there's heavenly realms. There's realms. There's, we know there's three heavens at least, because Paul said he was caught up into the third heaven. So we know that there's at least three heavens, but there's realms. There's realms in the Spirit. There's rooms in the Spirit that you can go to. You remember Paul said in Colossians, he said, Pray for me that God would open unto me a door of utterance. Well, doors are opened into rooms. And so we pray that God opens us a door of utterance so we can go into a room. Because there's things that can be said in rooms. Hallelujah. And we qualify for those things. You know, Leroy Thompson has an awesome anointing for finances. But the, he qualified for that. And so now he operates in a realm, in a financial realm, a spiritual financial realm that we have not even touched. We've not touched that realm yet. But I'm pressing, aren't you? I'm pressing towards the mark. Hallelujah. And that's one of the scriptures we'll talk about tonight. So we, we have to be qualified. And some things we talked about that qualify us last week were uh, walking in the Spirit. In other words, living from the fruit of the Spirit instead of from the works of the flesh. See, you've got a spirit, but you've got flesh too. We're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. So we've got flesh. And we can choose to live from the flesh even though we're saved. We can choose to be in strife. That's a work of the, that's a work of the flesh. We can choose to... Uh, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. I know some Christians that toy around, play around with witchcraft. That's a work of the flesh. They, they, they think Harry Potter's cute. I think it is abominable, disgusting. I'd rather eat... I'd rather you make me eat... Crickets and worms and 
In fact, I'd, re I'd eat crickets and worms before I'd read that. I would. Because uh, it's, it's disgusting. It's a work of the flesh. It's horrible. Pornography is a work of the flesh. There's Christians who play around with pornography. That's a work of the flesh. That won't qualify us for anything. It'll only qualify us for bad things, actually. Actually, it qualifies us. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. And so it, it, it puts us over into the devil's territory. It puts us in his, we're, we're playing around in his stuff, in his realm, and we're open game for the devil to come and kill, steal, and destroy. But we can choose to operate from the Spirit into the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. We can choose that. See, you choose to walk in love, and I choose to walk in love. And it's something we have to practice. You practice the fruit of the Spirit. It's not automatic to walk in love. You practice walking in love. You make a decision, you decide to, then you usually have a test right after you decide to, and you mess up, and you, oh, God. You know, oh, Lord, forgive me. And you pick yourself up, and you choose again, I'm going to walk in love. I'm not going to, you know, hallelujah. Not going to answer back, not going to, you know, Gripe at the drivers all up and down the road today. Hallelujah. Not going to swear at the little old ladies that drive slow. And the little old men that, that shouldn't have a driver's license anymore, but they do. Hallelujah. You're not, you know, that's not walking in love, and so we choose those. Not going to get mad at the, 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 the waiters and waiters at the restaurants who don't do right. Not going to get mad in the checkout line at Walmart. If you want a test, just go to Walmart. I guarantee you, before you get out of there, you'll have a test of walking in love. It is guaranteed. It is a guarantee. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be mad at the parents that bring their little kids to nice restaurants and let them cry. Me and Pastor look at each other and say, that's what McDonald's is for. This is what McDonald's was created for. Hallelujah. But, you know, walking in love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, so this walking in the Spirit qualifies us for things. The love walk qualifies us. Hallelujah. It qualifies us for, for God to say, I can do something with that. Because God can't do much with us when we're not walking in love. We're not gonna, we, can, we, can only, you know, we can only go so far in God, in the things of God, until we're walking in love. Hallelujah. <clears throat> uh, the, another thing we talked about is maintaining our peace during trials. Do you get all blowed up, bent out of shape, upset, cry, wail, moan, uh, frustrated, lose your confession, or do you maintain your peace when you get a trial? You know you get the IRS bill and you owed more than you thought, or you get, you know, there's all sorts of trials that come to us. Do we lose our peace? You know, one thing Joyce Meyer says, you know, you got to pass the test. And if you don't pass the test, you go around the mountain again. And in other words, that test is going to come back to you again until you pass it. So we have to pass the test. There's all sorts of tests that come our way. Uh, getting control of our emotions. That's something we can do to qualify for some things. It's, it's hard for God to use a man or a woman too far if they're riding this emotional roller coaster. And oh, they're just, praise God, the glory. And now they're in the pit and they, you can't even find them. They don't even come to church. 
You know, that you that is you got you you can't you gotta get qualified. You gotta get past that. You've got to get victory over that. Whatever it takes. If it's sugar that's making you do it, you know, get off sugar. Hallelujah. If it's uh, you know, uh, whatever it is that's causing you to you know, have that emotional roller coaster. And I think sometimes it is those kind of things. A lot of it. Hallelujah. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit qualifies us for things. There are places you cannot go in God if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? You just won't be able to function in that realm. You won't be able to see things and do things, you know, in that realm. I couldn't even understand the Word of God. I'll tell you, I did not understand the Bible till I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I tried to read it because, you know, in the church I grew up in, you had an offering envelope every Sunday and you got to check if you did your daily Bible reading. So I knew I was supposed to read my Bible daily and I wanted to put a check mark, but I didn't understand what I was reading. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was like, whoo! It just came alive. It's like the King James wasn't hard to understand because it just, whoo, came alive to me. And then... Uh, there's things that praying in the Spirit. If you don't use your prayer language, because the Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit, we pray out mysteries. And so things become available to us. You will see things and hear things and know things because you're praying in the Spirit. And there's, so that qualifies us. Another thing that qualifies the better we know God, the more familiar we are with Him, the better we, the more acquainted we are with God. You know? the more we're going to be qualified. And God's going to be able to, to, to give us uh, revelation and use us for things. Uh, prayer qualifies us. If you have a prayerless life, you're not going to be very qualified. You've got to get into prayer and, and, and pray. And that means going back and putting the flesh under. You know, the flesh does not ever want to pray. I don't think you just I don't think you grow enough in God to get where your flesh goes, oh yippee. Now this but the Bible says the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And the flesh always wants to do something else. Amen. I mean, if anybody has gotten that conquered, let me know because I want to know how you did it. But I, now I always really enjoy it once I get going. But my flesh always initially says, mm. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. But, 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 as you, but as you begin to... As you, you know, one, one thing that makes it easy to put the flesh under is you begin to have benefits from prayer. I don't know about you, but I love to see something, hear something, hear from God, and, and know I, I know I know what He's saying and what He's... You know, and, and He begins to reveal Himself to us. So we find out things in prayer, and that qualifies us. Uh, Brother Copeland, I just read in his May magazine today, and it said, he, this is a quote from him, It's all right to pray on the run, because you ought to pray continually. But if that's all you do, you'll miss about 90% of what God wants to tell you. You can't do all your praying on the run. Although we do pray on the run, because we're continually praying. Under our breath, in the Spirit, pastors praying in Dillard's and hallelujah. And he don't do it under his breath very good. Sometimes I look at him and go, you know, cut it. <laughs> hallelujah. And, uh, but uh, we're praying. But that's not, we got to, you, you're going to miss some things if you don't settle down sometimes. Make your flesh settle down. Another great qualifier is knowledge. 
And sometimes God sends us to get natural knowledge because He wants to use us. We talked about President Bush had to qualify himself to be president. That if he had not uh, gone to, um, he had to go, he couldn't go to Midland College. That's the town he grew up in, Midland, Texas. He couldn't go to Midland College and they probably would have, when he said, I'm going to run for president, they probably would have gone, nah. You know, there's this thing that he had to have that Yale or yeah, that he has, but or Harvard. It had to be something, and so he qualified himself with natural things. So sometimes God has us qualify in natural areas, but then also sometimes what he really wants us to do is qualify us with knowledge, like by renewing our minds. Romans twelve two. Hallelujah. If you have, you can have all the, uh, the, the natural things. You could have a degree from all, th all the major universities and, and not have a renewed mind and you wouldn't be very worth much to God. You could only go so far. But with a renewed mind, you, the, the, there's just no limit to what God can use you for. Hallelujah. Another thing that qualifies us is experience. Experience is a great qualifier. So I'm going to tell you something, family. You need to get some experience. And you get experience by, uh, you know, I, get, I got some, my star, I started out teaching first graders in Sunday school, a first grade Sunday school class. And I got some experience. Yeah, some real good experiences, yeah. And then I taught Christian school. And you know, in that Christian school, I taught, uh, I, of course, besides the ABCs and one, two, threes, we, I taught a, uh, uh, what, did they, what did we call that when we had it once a week? This helped me, y'all, where we had uh, chapel. I <laughs> couldn't think. Yeah, I taught chapel. You know, so I would teach them Bible things and uh, spiritual things. And plus, you know, I was working on them all the time about, you know, doing right and not doing wrong and you know, all those kind of things. And so that was experience. Learned to get a hold of my flesh some. Not ring necks when I wanted to ring neck, you know, and you know, you know what I'm saying. Because I had to. And um and uh, so experience is a great qualifier. So you need you can't just sit at home and say, Oh, but God use me. No, get out there and get qualified for something. And when you start and sometimes ushering. Or running the sound, or, or uh, uh, you know, in the nursery. The nursery will qualify you for things. Okay, if you can stay out of strife back there, well, God will say, Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Inherit the whole kingdom. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know what I'm saying? Because the, the, the children will try you at times. Like, they cry sometimes and won't stop crying. And I think sometimes parents will try sometimes more than children. Parents are particular about their kids. You know? And so that's a qualifier. And you need some experience. Take every opportunity God gives you. Don't turn down an opportunity to do something. Just go, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm, it's tough. Well, yeah, it, but you know, just like I like Joyce Meyer says, just do it scared. You know, your knees will knock, your voice will quiver and all that and stuff. And every one of us has been there the first time we stood up. We've all shook and shook, and you know. And, but you just, and you know, most, some of you say, well, I just don't have a, a teaching gift or I just don't have a speaking gift. Some of you could do it if you just had some experience. You just, you just have never allowed God to give you any experience. You just shut down every time somebody said, well, would you, would you share at a ladies' meeting or would you do this? Well, you know, hallelujah, just do it. 
Amen. Because you need experience. Thank you, Jesus. I, I was that way. I didn't want to preach. I could preach to the church, but I didn't want to preach in front of other preachers. And so God sent us to travel in the traveling ministry. And so if we were there for two or three days, pastor, and we were doing a... So the Lord uh, kind of worked it where uh, on Saturday we did a promotion seminar when we go into a church. And we had a syllabus. And so what we would do is he would teach about half a page, and then I'd get up and teach a half a page. And then he, pastor, would teach a half a page. And so I kind of could handle that little bite-sized piece. And so I say God tricked me into it because you know what happened? I got comfortable with pastors sitting there listening to me. Amen. And so, but I had to take the opportunity. I could have turned God down. Another thing uh, that qualifies us is obedience. Uh, you know, even tonight, you know, I didn't, you know, I just like, God, you know, we're going to walk the figure eight, the blood, walk the blood walk. But it, it, sometimes it's just a test of obedience. I mean, the other day, we, Pastor, Pastor and I said we haven't eaten there in a long, long time, and we were going to have kind of a little splurge. And we, and we was going to go to Olive Garden, because we had, I hadn't eaten there since last summer. Been staying off the pasta and stuff. And so uh, <clears throat> we were going to go to Olive Garden. I was meeting him there. I sat down on the bench out front, and I'm like, I, and I even, before I got there, was having something, and I called him and said, you sure you don't want to go to, you know, and he said, no, no, I really want to go there. I said, okay. So I go sit out front on the bench at Olive Garden, but something is just not feeling good about that to me. And so, you know, is there anything wrong at Olive Garden? I don't imagine there was anything wrong. It's, it's practice. God will practice with you on obedience. Hallelujah. Because when the World Trade Center is fixing to be flown into, He needs you to have some experience in obeying Him. He needs you to know how to respond when the Holy Spirit's going, you know, scratching around on the inside of you and something just don't feel right because I could have overrode it. I could have said, boy, that sounds good. But we didn't. I just Finally, I just said, I can't take this. I called up Pastor. I said, Meet me at, and I said, another restaurant. And, and so we ate somewhere else that day. And as soon as I called him and started walking towards the car, I had perfect peace. I, all of a sudden, I just like, oh, praise God, I'm free. Well, hallelujah, that's practice in being obedient. I don't think they've shut Olive Garden down because everybody got Tomaine. I hadn't heard that, so it was just practice. It was just practice, and God will practice with you. Hallelujah. To see if you will obey Him because then He knows He can trust you. Another thing that, 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 that uh, qualifies us is praise. Hallelujah. Praise proves, I won't tell you what praise proves. When you enter into praise, like in a church service, it proves one thing that you can put your flesh under. Because see, the flesh will say, I'm embarrassed, I don't want to, I'm not used to clapping, this is not my style, you know, they don't, you know. And you say, but well, they don't do this at my church. You need to forget your church. The Bible says, lift up holy hands. You going to obey the church or you going to obey the Bible? You won't have to make a choice or you can't go very far in God. Amen? And so... Praise puts the, and then we'll all, even those of us that believe in praise, you know, 
even though us, uh, there's days that I don't know about you that I didn't feel so joyful or feel like praising. But praise puts the flesh under and proves we aren't ashamed of God. Hallelujah. Praise gets rid of pride and pride goeth before a fall. And so we all have to get, we have to regularly strip ourselves of pride. Tithing is a great qualifier. There's things you will never qualify for until you're a tither and then until you're a consistent tither. In other words, until you've passed the test when there's no money. Are you going to tithe or are you not going to tithe? Till you pass that test, you're going to keep taking that thing. So you might, if you get tired of not having no money, pass the test and that you'll quit having to take that little test of tithing when you're out of money. Tithing when the bills add up to more than the, 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 the outgoes more than the income. Pass the test. Because the devil's going to keep giving the test until you pass it. But once you start passing that thing and you start, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so that's a great qualifier. Turn to Psalm 75. We'll look at some more things tonight. That was all just review. But I had to catch you up to speed. Psalm 75. So let's start passing some tests in every area. And all of us are at different places. There's different things I need to pass that, boy, you've already got that conquered. That's not even a temptation to you. Psalm 75, verse 6, For promotion cometh, neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. God's the great promoter. And why, why does He promote people? Because He likes their hair? No, He promotes them because they are willing to qualify for things. Hallelujah. You know, I will say this, sometimes that could involve hair. There are people that because they won't conform dress-wise, they disqualify themselves from things that could be done. Now, just what, do you know, President Bush, if he said, I, I want to be the president, but I just want going to ever wear a suit. Well, he's disqualified. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, you know, uh, Al Gore. He, just as soon as the presidential race was over, he had him a ponytail and a, you know, and I'm like, you are disqualified. I don't, I mean, you can say what you want to, you know, I don't care what you say, but dress qualifies us for things and dress disqualifies us for things. A man with an earring can get disqualified from a lot of stuff. You say, well, that's not fair. It doesn't matter if it's fair. The Bible says God looks on the heart. That's true. But he also says that man judges by what? Outward appearance. That's always been that way. It's always going to stay that way. Hallelujah. And so we disqualify ourselves sometimes. You know, a woman could disqualify herself by what she wore or refused to wear. Amen. And uh, so those are things that, 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 and so we have, what do we do? Well, we follow the Holy Ghost. We listen to Him. Lots of times, lots of times. You know, when I know I'm going to preach, that night, that afternoon, if I'm praying, I see myself wearing something. I'll be praying and I'll see myself in a certain dress. 
Now, you know, does God care what dress I wear in my closet? Well, no, but not exactly. But, you know, we just have to follow the Lord and we have to be willing. You know, if we aren't willing to, if we're not teachable and, and conformable, we're not, God's not going to be able to use us in certain areas. But why? Because we won't conform. We won't, we won't let him say, cut your hair, comb your hair, uh, brush your teeth. You, we, if, if we're rebellious, you know that rebellion that came in in the 60s or maybe it came in in the 50s where, you know, everybody spray painted their vans and, you know, with a spray can. Y'all you, you, know what I'm talking about? Y'all don't, just go down to the beach. They got, there's people down there that got them still. You know, the hippie van. And they spray painted them and sprayed it, probably love and a peace sign on the side of your van. Y'all look like y'all, do, do y'all live in earth? Y'all hadn't seen a van, this, a hippie van, a psychedelic painted with a spray can, love, peace, and, you know, and all that came in, and people, you know, either, there's things, oh man, do I go there? Right? But, you know, there's footwear, there's footwear now that disqualify you for things. Y'all meditate on that. But you're not going to qualify in flip-flops. And that's like the thing. Well, you know, that's passing. I read in the fashion magazine now. It's not, now they want you to wear little, they don't flip-flops with capri pants. Now they, men, you'll love this. You need to start wearing ballerina slippers. Get rid of your flip-flops. But there's, and now I'm not saying there's not a place for flip-flops. There is, the beach. But if you wear flip-flops to work, you're going to be disqualified for some things. Amen? And you go, I don't like this. Well, you, you have to, you know, it was like pastor. Uh, when, we got, when, when God called us to pastor, he didn't have anything but a western suit and a pair of boots. He did not own a pair of shoes. But God started dealing with him that, not to be rebellious, not to have to have boots, but to, to open his heart up to wearing shoes. Well, does that make a difference? Well, it does. In certain places that God might want to send you. Now, not in every place. Some places, boots would have been fine. But you've got to realize you're not just at that place God's preparing you. And I don't know why I'm on this, but let's just get it all out. I know pastor recently, a man called, wanted to come to this church. He's a minister. He's been here before. But since he was here, he's gotten him an earring. Now, he's just kept on calling us, calling us, calling us, wanting to come, wanting to come. Calls all the time. And I'm just like, finally, pastor just said, I just can't keep putting him off. I'm just going to have to be honest. And pastor had to tell him, I'm sorry, but you can't come because you have an earring. Now, you know, that earring may open a lot of doors for him. And I don't know, I don't know of any. But it, uh, it, but it shut one. Now, why do we not like him? I like him. I love him. Do I care if he... But I guess the question is, do we want to tell every young man in this church, that's okay? A pastor and I didn't want to say that. Because that's what's saying. Whatever says, whatever is up here, is it, it ought to be okay. 
for every kid in this church to say, that's my model, that's my role model. See, we qualify for things. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we said this in love and hallelujah, but it don't matter. If they get mad, they're mad. And if Hallelujah. Why am I here? Where am I at? Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Uh, you know, there's things... Uh, There's things even if you're not ministering that you that you 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 go ahead and 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 be appropriate because there's a proving in the appropriateness. Do y'all understand that? Hallelujah. I'm gonna preach to these people. They act like they know what I'm talking about. Over here, they 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 are hallelujah. Matthew seven, verse eight. It says, uh, no, let's start in verse uh, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So we see that there's things open to us if we, we do certain things. If we seek, there's things going to be open to us. In other words, there's promotions going to be open. There's levels going to be open. We qualify as we seek and as we search and as we open ourselves to God. We qualify for things. Who knew? Who knew that when Pastor was in West Texas and he quit wearing Western suits and Western shirts and, and put away his boots, that he was qualifying for something you know, and it might, you know, what was it? I don't know. Would, would y'all have let him preach in boots in a Western suit? Probably. Probably could have preached here. Could he have preached in Word of Life Birmingham when he got asked to preach five services in a row in Word of Life Birmingham? Probably not. He probably, would he have gotten asked? Probably not. If his wife had gone to church in her flip-flops, would he have gotten asked to preach five services at Word of Life Church in a row? Nobody had ever been asked before. Actually, it caused quite the uproar. Actually, the staff got, some of the staff got mad at us because they were jealous. The other guests, there, there was other ministers that, you know, call Word of Life Church their home and come when they're in town, and they had never done it. And it was quite the little uproar. We found that out later. We didn't know it at the time. You know, at the time, we were innocent. We thought everybody would be happy as we were. You know, it's like, and, uh, but if I'd have been wearing flip-flops to church, would we have gotten to inv that invitation? Probably not. In fact, Pastor Webb said to uh, Michael, I think after we'd been there about a year, he said, I've been watching how you conduct yourself. That's what he said. I've been watching how y'all conduct yourself. He was a-watching us in services. Hallelujah. Well, do you say, well, but so what if you didn't get to preach there? Well, for one thing, we was believing God for groceries, and it paid. <laughs> it paid. Hallelujah. The honorarium there is nice. I mean, they didn't take up an offering. If you are in the church, they just give you an honorarium. And the honorarium at Word of Life Birmingham is nice. And it put groceries on the table. And it's like some people are like, oh, God, send money. Take off your flip-flops. No. <laughs> you know? And I'm not on flip-flops. That's just a great example. You know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, mucklucks or 
you know, some of you don't even know what that is, but, you know, hallelujah. But you get, you, you, your wife makes a difference. Your kids make a difference. Hallelujah. Uh, or, or turn to Hebrews chapter 11. So we qualify for things. Boy, I didn't really mean to, I wasn't going to preach on the clothesline tonight. That's not really, but God wanted to send us there. It's like, well, I'm not going to wear a suit. Well, okay, that's fine. We love you. We don't care. But you know, you just got to know there's certain things you'll never qualify for. Until you just suck. Well, I don't mean, it chokes me and I'm just, and you know. Well, you know, they make these little stretchy things. First of all, did you know they make shirts in bigger sizes than what you have? Just because you hadn't bought a shirt since 1966. You probably need to go up a couple of sizes. You know, you may have used to wear a 15 and a half and the strutted across your belly now. But, you know, they, you can buy a 17 and a half. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then if that don't work, you know, sometimes some of you, your neck, you know, you look like a linebacker or something, and your belly's littler than your neck, and you know, so you can't buy a shirt that's this big in order to fit the neck. So what you do is you y'all may not know this, but your wives need to help you, but they make these little stretchy things that you can put on that button and it'll kind of stretch it apart and give you some give you some air there. Because we don't want you passing out in the service. You know. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, men are like that, you know. I just yesterday, I told Pastor, I said, now that shirt needs to be retired and that shirt and that shirt. And he just goes into a frenzy, you know. And he's just like, oh, but, uh, and I said, they're faded. And, and you know, and, and they were. They were just faded out, you know. In summer shirts, you wash them a lot more and everything. And, and so he says, well, I, well, I'll put them in a, he wants to put them into, what would you call it, a? Uh, he wants to, in other words, don't take them straight to the get away, get rid of, put them in kind of a, a holding place. And, and if I ever, if I decide I want them back, you know, and then, so he's like an interim place. That's what, put them kind of in an interim place. Huh? Yeah. And kind of like purgatory. Yeah. You're just kind of waiting, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> so he wanted me to put these shirts in kind of a holding place and then we could put them in the rack where it says, go to, go to Salvation Army. And, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and you men are like that. Want to hold on to everything. And so, you know, you just need to get a bigger shirt and a bigger suit and, and just face it. You know, that, you know, you're not like Steve Martin trying to get into that tux in Father of the Bride, you know. Y'all remember that movie? Well, he had his tux from high school or something, and he's going to wear it to his daughter's wedding, you know, and it was strutted and hallelujah. Because he wanted, uh, hallelujah. Anyway, 11.6, Hebrews 11.6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, now tell me this. If you, it, it sounds to me like you have to qualify for a reward. That there's qualifying for rewards. Amen. Y'all see that? Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, we're still in 11. Turn to look in verse 15. Uh, 
And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, I want to talk about this a minute. See, you can qualify for a level and get into a place in the Spirit and then go back. You can go back. once You, you can qualify for something and walk in a place. Did you, any, any of you ever have that thing? Man, I used to be walking in a place where I was more tuned in to God. Man, I was, oh man, I was, boy, I tell you, I was turned on. And, and see, well, you qualified and you got in that place, but now you backed up. Hallelujah. Don't, we don't want to do that. See, the Bible says there you're going to have opportunity to go back. There's going to be some opportunities to back up, to go back, to let up, to let up off the, you know, you're pressing in the Spirit, you're praying, you're going, uh, you're showing up for church all the time. There's opportunities to step back. And the Bible says that in these end days, that they'll, that they went, they'll come when there'll be a falling away. Hallelujah. Well, you need, to, you need to guard yourself against that. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. I'm just kind of looking at some scriptures. Showing you, showing you this qualifying. Hallelujah. Now we all qualify. There's things God's calling you to do to qualify that He's not asking me to do. He's, all, he's asking all of us to walk in love. He's asking all of us to... But there's things that, you know, I may have to do, you may not have to do. But there's things you'll have to do that I don't have to do. Hebrews 3, depending on what you are... Uh, uh, God's calling you to do. Just for an example, I'll just tell you, God, I sought God about this. And I went to college for uh, two and a, two years, or I think I've got about two and a half years worth of credits, um, college. But, you know, I, when Pastor finished his degree, I could have gone in right behind him, and I could have picked up right where he left off, and I could have finished mine, and I sought God about it, and he didn't, he, he didn't lead me that way. He just like, you don't need that. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody ought to. Well, I sought God, and he didn't lead me that way. That's not how he led me. I didn't need that to qualify for what I was going after. I, that wasn't a part of the equipment I needed. And so God didn't lead me that way. Hallelujah. And some of you, maybe he didn't. And some of you, maybe he did. And some of you, he led to just go forever. Like Barry, he's just going to, you know, after a while, they just make you, uh, you just become the president because you've been there so long or something. <laughs> maybe that's what he's leading. Hebrews 3.14 for, uh, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. See, that's going to qualify us if we just hold steadfast. Hallelujah. I just appreciate you members that, are, that have been steadfast. You know, through thick and thin, through up and down, through happy and not so happy, through tough times and, 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 and easy times, just being steadfast, qualifies you for great things in the kingdom. So, and I appreciate you, but more than that, God appreciates it and He qualifies us for things in that. Uh, while it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt uh, by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now see, look, they didn't qualify. They didn't qualify to enter into the rest. 
There's things in God that if we don't believe, we don't qualify for. Verse 4, chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us in, of entering into this rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now look down. Oh, verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So believing qualifies us. And, we, and people get disqualified for entering into rest, healing, prosperity, any number of things. It's very restful to be healed. It's very restful to have enough money but we qualify to enter into the rest, what? By believing. Verse 11, let us, let us labor therefore. See, got to qualify to enter into that rest. It's a labor sometimes to believe. We, I labor to renew my mind. I labor to fight off fear. You know, fear is one of the things that really attacked my life in 1984. And I have had to I labor to keep fear off of me. It wanted to suck me under. That old spirit of fear. But, and so I labored. A lot of people don't labor. Why? Because I wanted to enter in. I knew there were some things in God I wanted and I didn't want to just give up on them. And say, oh well, you know, I just wasn't strong enough. No, I labored. And I, so that meant that there were times that I just, I, I got in the Word. I got in the Word. I got in the Word. When it looked like it wasn't working, I got in the Word. When it, you know, it didn't always seem like it was doing any, you know, every day when you read the Bible doesn't seem like anything's changing or you're becoming a spiritual giant of any kind. But you're laboring to enter into something. And I labored to fight off fear. And I labored to act in faith. It's a labor to, to make yourself go to the grocery store when, when you're afraid to get out of the house. But I, lab I made myself go. I went trembling and, 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 and chewing on my, gritting my teeth. And, you know, I labored because I said, you know what I said? I don't want to be bound. I'm not going to let the devil bind me. I want to be free. I've been set free by the blood. And I have to fight this. I have to go anyway and push through. And so I did. And it was just three or four blocks away. And I didn't know what it was because this was in the 80s. And, you know, now there's lots of information about panic attacks and all that. I didn't really know what it was. I thought it was just fear. And, you know, I didn't know, huh? That's what it was. It was a spirit of fear. But I didn't, and I didn't know that, you know, you could go for counseling. And I, I knew one thing is, uh, one thing my mom put in me is you don't want to take any tranquilizers. That's what they were called back in her day. You don't want to take them things. And so I was like, I'm not going to take none of that. I'm going to push through this thing, you know. Now, I'm not condemning anybody that is, but on the other hand, push on through. You don't want to keep on taking that all the rest of your life. Right. Amen. So you labor. And so let us labor, therefore, to enter into rest, that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Labor. You got to labor to get the things of God to qualify. Hallelujah! Because there came a day, there came a day when it was, when I could go to the grocery store. 
And, it, and then that wasn't a labor anymore. And then, you know, I could go to Walmart. And then, you know, it got, and hallelujah. And now I can drive in Tuscaloosa. Hallelujah. You know, but that would have been a labor. I couldn't have done that back in 84 when I was fighting to go to the grocery store. Amen. So we labor in these things. <clears throat> Hebrews, uh, well, I won't even go there. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just stop tonight. We'll see <clears throat> why if God has this again. But we qualify. We qualify and, and we have to keep on. There's things in this glory that have to be qualified for. I, I, in 1980, actually it started in 79, in 1979, when we began to be exposed to the things of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, had we said, no, 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 I'm not going there. That makes, you know, that's, that's, a, that's different, you know, because you know, our church wasn't doing those things. And, but we sure wouldn't be qualified to be here today. Amen? In fact, if we had said no in 1979, I can tell you where we'd be. We'd be living in Gaines County, Texas, and pastor would be a farmer. No, probably pastor would have gone on to be with the Lord by now. That's really the truth. He would have gone on to be with the Lord because the devil tried to kill him. And because of what he knew, the devil couldn't kill him. So I'd be a widow in Gaines County. Hallelujah. Oh, that's a scary thought. Hallelujah. And Colin and Eric would be farming for pop. They would be. They'd be sodbusters. And, uh, you know, probably smoking a little pot. And <laughs> well, they probably would have because they're kinfolks. Not to mention. <laughs> and I'll just say this. I don't have any brothers and sisters, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> But there was choices made in 1979 not to, not, to, not to say no to God. And so in 1980, you know, there was a choice made to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then in, after we did that, there was a choice made to, to not, you know, because when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, well, uh, we shared it with all our friends. And, and I know uh, he talks about Doug, his best man, but Doug and Cheryl got an opportunity through us to go and be baptized in the Holy Ghost. But, and Cheryl did get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't send this tape to him. But uh, anyway, but you know, but the mother-in-law, who I grew up next door to her, anyway, mother-in-law, Cheryl's mother-in-law, Doug's mother, they were wealthy. And they said, and he was an only child. And it's like, you want this inheritance? You ain't going there to that baptism of the Holy Ghost tongues thing. And so they backed off. And they didn't go. So there was opportunities to, 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 to stay in the back. It was not comfortable, you know, to get out. We got out of the Baptist church because they gave us a choice. Fixing to kick you out or you can, get out, you can get out or we'll kick you out. And so we got out. And then... Uh, uh, you know, this just rocks on and on. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real good little soap opera, spiritually. Um, just lots of opportunities. 
to, to, but just press on, just press on, and it qualifies you for things down the road. And I know you've done the same thing. And then even, so when we come out of the Baptist church, we went into the assembly of God and got real comfortable there with our family, having a good time, having a good time. But then there came this opportunity to leave that church, in, and it was in, and go help them start a word church in Seminole, Texas. And had we said, well, you know, that's in Seminole, and we'll have to drive 18 miles to church every Sunday. 18 miles, imagine that. That was practice for now. And you know, um, now, and if, but, but lots of people say no because of those kind of things. And they don't qualify. But we, did, we, said, we said, well, yeah, we can do that. And so we was keeping the road hot from Seminole to Seagraves. 18 miles, three times a week and in between to visit and fellowship. Because the charismatic days, we did a lot of that praying and fellowshipping and stuff. And uh, well, a year passed. And that, that, that little choice qualified. The pastor said that had started the church said, I'm leaving and I'm turning the church over. One Saturday morning just said, I'm leaving. I'm turning the church over to you. Now, the Lord had already told us we was going to be the pastors of the church. We hadn't said anything. But if we had, if we'd have said, no, can't drive to Seminole. Just, God, you know, some people have the attitude, well, if God wants to bless me, he'll just have to bless me right here. I've had people say, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me here at the house. Well, that's just, that's, that's ignorance gone to seed, you know? Supernaturally ignorant people are. That's the devil. You can't get that ignorant without the devil helping you, you know? Well, God's not probably going to heal you at your house. You're going to have to get out where the glory is, where the anointing is. You may have to learn something. Amen? No, I tell you what, I wouldn't, I'd be, see, I, I'll tell that. Pastor would be gone, already gone to be with Jesus. And, and you know, when I went through that fear thing, They'd have me locked up in Big Spring. That's the equivalent of Bryce. They'd, I'd be there. <laughs> Colin said I'd throw, he'd throw away the key. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know...